Can social change and corporate profits coexist? Well, in today's show, we'll show you how. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio. Today's theme is Entrepreneurs Start a Revolution. This is Daniel Laxton's. And I'm Leah Laxton's. And this is the Dream Job Radio Show presented by 30careers.com. Remember, if you have questions for the show, just go to 30careers.com, click on Upcoming Topics, and leave your comment right on the page next to the guest whose show you'd like to have your question read. And uh, they'll be read right here on the podcast. Yeah. Now, if you also have other questions or comments you'd like to make, you can also tweet me at Daniel Laxton's. That's at D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A-K-S-T-I-N-S. We're very excited about today's special guest, Shenandoah Diaz. But don't forget to stay tuned after the interview. Yeah, we're going to have Campus Connection with everyone's favorite American college student, Micah Micah Hackney. And as always, don't forget to check us out on Ustream for our overtime segment, where we talk about today's show in video. Today's theme, Entrepreneurs Start a Revolution, our special guest, Shenandoah Diaz. She's the CEO of Brass Knuckles Media, the Director of Social Entrepreneurial Directives at Tech Ranch Austin. And an advisory partner at Diaz Lawn, a mentor for the Sharp Skirts Entrepreneur Network. Based in Austin, Texas, Shenandoah is on a personal mission to lead a Brass Knuckles Revolution, a movement that gets people off their butt to do something meaningful for themselves and others. So you can learn more about how to couple your business with uh, this revolution and uh, show how that profits and social change can work together. So, Shenandoah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we're really excited for having you on the show. So you're an entrepreneur and you started several businesses, it, it, it appears, but what made you decide to start any business? Um, I've actually been freelance consulting on the side actually since high school, but after I found myself as a single mom, it really became imperative for me to create a work situation where I would be rewarded for actually my output without being restricted to a Monday through Friday 9 to 5 or being restricted in how much time I could take because if my daughter needed me, I wanted to be able to go pick her up from school if I had to, go volunteer if I needed to, and just be there for her without sacrificing, uh, you know, a good career or making a living or, or, you know, having time for myself as well. That's brilliant. So what you're saying then is that you actually wanted to be an entrepreneur or, or start your own business uh, just to be able to arrange your schedule better, uh, you know, for you. Yeah. It, I mean, there's just so much flexibility when you set the parameters and you create the the framework for the business. I make sure that any business I schedule doesn't have to have regular office hours. I don't have to be chained to a desk answering a phone uh, during a set time. So that way I can have this flexibility. But also, too, I noticed that within, you know, working in corporate world, working for other people, I always felt like I was being held back and I really wasn't able to go full out after what I wanted to try to challenge myself or to show what I could do. And, you know, when you're the entrepreneur and you're the boss, you're unrestricted. And uh, I also try and kind of create that same sort of uh, framework for my employees that they, they're not restricted. I want them to be challenged and be able to pursue and grow and, and, you know, become something bigger while they're working for us. 
That's beautiful. It really is. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think a lot of people probably share your sentiment that they want to start a business, you know, because of the scheduling, especially when it comes to family. But how did you decide what kind of business to start? Well, I kind of, you know, fell into it. I, I've been doing PR and marketing, you know, actually since my freshman year of high school. Um, I started copywriting and doing some freelance marketing after school and during the summers. But I really didn't get clear on exactly how I wanted to start building businesses until a couple of years ago. And I really started thinking about how I could marry my efforts for social activism and marry my entrepreneur efforts so I'm not spread so thin. And then also just you know, thinking, I, I want to leave a legacy. I have a daughter. I don't want her to grow up thinking she has to be a corporate slug and thinking that she has to do things the old-fashioned way. I really wanted her to see what she could do if she put her mind to do it. And I decided, you know, I want to leave a legacy. Here's what it's going to be. And I really sat down and thought about what it would become. And that's when the Brass Knuckles Revolution kind of emerged. And I decided I wanted to, you know, build a business that stood for something and take my experience. I've worked with Inc. 500 companies. I've worked with startups. I've worked with the, the whole... Uh, gamut of businesses, and I really just wanted to give those ones that are doing something different access to quality, you know, uh, strategic thinking and, and peer marketing services so they could get out there and, and build communities and, and help change the world, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice, though, especially, you know, we always dream about, hey, I want to be that person that's going to change the world and, and bring about something good. Well, hopefully we're all that kind of person. <laughs> but now you're talking about brass knuckles and uh, this brass knuckle revolution. Um, so what's that all about? Well, that is kind of what I decided my legacy was going to be. And also it, it kind of spawned just what I was seeing uh, naturally attracting people to me is I wanted to empower people to live up to their potential and while doing that, do something meaningful for others. Uh, you know, within corporate world, I felt restricted. I wasn't living up to my potential, and I wasn't getting to the point to where I could start giving back either because I was so busy just trying to meet my time and, uh, you know, do time served. And I decided that that's what a lot of people I've talked to kind of feel the same way. And I put together my idea, kind of said it out to a few friends, and <laughs> got a great response. I had to actually hurry up and pull things together and start launching it much more quickly than I expected. That's and, always a good uh, it's thing. It's been taking off. I know it's been great, <laughs> um, and it's just also something too that when you align yourself with your passion and you actually have purpose, how quickly things can happen and how opportunities just seem to open up for you. Well, it's a lot easier to inspire people when you're inspired by the idea yourself, isn't it? Exactly, and that's also you know one of the things that I talk about within my my main business is the Brass Knuckles Media is we're very careful about who we take on as clients and who I take on as vendors and employees and strategic partners. If I'm not passionate about what you're doing, if we don't click on a visceral level, I'm not going to be excited to work on your project. I'm not going to be inspired, and what comes out is going to be uninspired. And I don't want to do work for the sake of work. I want to do something that matters. So we're very selective about who we work with. That is very, very beautiful. Do you have any recommendations for small business owners or entrepreneurs out there who would, I guess, like to make a difference on maybe organizations or different uh, things that they can do to uh, make a difference in their community? Yeah. I mean, the, what I always tell people to start, whether they already have a business in place or they are looking to start a business, is 
first get really clear about what your vision and your mission and your values are before you start looking for opportunities or ways to start incorporating socially conscious practices. Because you got to know what it is that makes you tick. There's so many social problems out there. There's so many people in need. But there's going to be something that resonates with you more than anybody else. And once you know what that is, you can build what your vision would be, and, and that would be how you're going to address that social problem, what it would look like on a big level. And then on a mission level, how does your business actually go towards building this vision where the social problem no longer exists or has been reduced, and then looking at the values that support that. Once you have that in place, it really makes it easy for you to identify which organizations to align yourself um, if you're a for-profit business, you can get a nonprofit partner and do events and activities together and, and special initiatives. You can make sure that your business efforts are also going to support a specific organization in your community. Um, it also helps you identify strategic partnerships and outlets and, and other opportunities. But first, got to know what it is that you really want to accomplish. Well, you're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. We have a special guest, Shenandoah Diaz. And she's a entrepreneur, and she's also leading the Brass Knuckle Revolution. So you're talking about this Brass Knuckle Revolution and, and uh, really good advice on who to partner with. How is it that a person can maybe be a for-profit and yet still partner up with a non-for-profit? Can you tell us more about um, that? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways. And, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a non-profit to be socially conscious. There's so many for-profit businesses, such as, you know, Whole Foods is one of the easiest examples to mm -hmm. show that everybody knows Whole Foods, That's right. where you Good can example. do something socially conscious from the ground up. They teach their, treat their employees well, their vendors well. Every product they sell is made with uh, socially conscious uh, products and, and from businesses, and it's just that company is the epitome of social consciousness. But if you already are, you know, a small business and it's really difficult for you to find a way to... Uh, make your product itself socially conscious, you can find a local nonprofit partner and either take uh, a dollar amount from every unit sold and automatically funnel it directly to the nonprofit. You can do joint initiatives. Um, you could do some things like Starbucks. They have their ethos water and some of their fair trade coffees where those specific product lines go towards social conscious um, efforts and go to specific nonprofits. That's kind of the easiest way to be able to make sure that it's a continual effort. It's not once a year we make our contribution just to say we did something good, or once a year we have a little charity event. This is an ongoing effort and partnership between you and the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all agree that Whole Foods uh, has not been hurt in the pocketbook by their, <laughs> uh, I guess, contribution to society. They're growing at an overwhelming rate, and a lot of that is because of the initiatives that they've chosen to do. So I think any entrepreneur out there can definitely appreciate the advice that you're giving. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And actually, in the research that I've done, um, it's been proven that people are willing to pay a social premium for socially conscious goods. And bare minimum, it's 10% more over the non-socially conscious competitor. Wow. So there are, people are willing to pay more for goods that are made with you know, the environment in mind, with people in mind, and just being conscious of your impact on the community. That's amazing. Yeah, the truth is, Leah and I are both that way, too. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, we agree with that. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to people's dream job or people looking for a job you know we've talked about the vision and mission when it comes to starting 
a business. But do you think having that same vision and mission are important when people are actually searching for maybe a company to work for? Exactly, um, because for a number of reasons, even if you are starting a business, you need to find out what makes you tick on a personal level, because anything you do needs to feed your lifestyle, but you need to know what you want your lifestyle to be, you need to know what you want your contribution to the larger community to be, and once you're clear on that, you'll be able to align yourself and find those companies, whether it's a socially conscious company or maybe there's a company culture that will support what you want out of your own life instead of just going after the job that's available and just, you know, going down a list on monster.com and applying to everything that's uh, got a job opening, really being specific. And again, once you get specific and you're really honest with what you want and you have that passion on a visceral level, those opportunities arise and that company will come out of nowhere and you'll find those opportunities and you'll be able to have the career you want instead of waking up 20 years later wondering, why did I spend 20 years in a job I hated or suddenly finding yourself out of work or finding that you hate, you know, getting up every morning and, and trying to, to get yourself into the car and go to work. You know, it just makes sense to start from the beginning. And I've even told this that I speak to uh, some college organizations, you know, start now. Don't just settle for any job. Just get really clear about what you want your career to look like and what you want out of an opportunity. You know, it's uh, really good advice, but what would you say a person can do, say, if they're in the transition? Uh, should they just quit their job to move on uh, to the, their dreams, or, or how should they transition? Uh, well, you know, same thing with starting a business. You want to be sensible about it, <laughs> and when you're changing jobs, you don't want to put yourself into a worse situation just to make that opportunity, but once you start also kind of making the plan, start doing the groundwork, start figuring out what you want, that in itself will help, you know, you stick out the, the not so great job for a little while longer while you find that opportunity. I don't want anybody to go bankrupt chasing after their dreams. I don't want anybody to uh, put their family or themselves into a bad position, um, especially, you know, the economy is still pretty rough in a lot of areas. But I also don't want people to keep working a job for the sake of having a job. Mm-hmm. So I would just say just be very you know sensible about it, weigh your options, make sure that you have some some uh, money put aside if you're wanting to walk out today. Um, but if you can, you know, bide your time and, and search for an opportunity and, and hopefully one will come up and you can put your two weeks notice in and not have a, a huge layover. <laughs> That's great. And it's true because <laughs> people can actually work and, and maybe work on this the, their their dream project maybe in the evenings or the weekends mm-hmm. until they get to that level where the, the the baby's incubated to the level that they'll start paying for itself, right? Exactly. And then sometimes, too, you know, somebody's wanting to, you know, keep their job. A lot of times people don't realize there's opportunities to make change within the organization you're already at. Uh, more and more employers are becoming more open to things like flex time. They're coming more open to remote work. They're coming more open to if you have an idea or something that you want to take on project-wise. Um, a lot of them are, are, are a lot more open than you would actually think. You just no one never tries. So be open to, you know, taking just try it first within your own organization if you really don't want to leave the corporate or the, your existing job and you're just really comfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, how can people learn more about Brass Knuckles Media and what you guys are doing? Uh, well, the easiest way is to go on the Internet 
to brassknucklesmedia.com. We have a great deal of information there, um, and we actually will have several workshops coming up as well, um, not just on PR and marketing, but several things geared towards socially conscious ventures. And um, through there, we're going to be also putting more information up about the Brass Knuckles Revolution. We're working with some partners, some pretty good names. I can't quite let everything out yet, but there's some really big names in the, the social entrepreneur realm That's that awesome. uh, we're having conversations with and building out programs with. And uh, we're also at Tech Ranch Austin, uh, which is techranchaustin.com, and it's a tech incubator, uh, but they are open to any entrepreneur. And if you're curious, we have several <laughs> programs and several ways for you to come, you know, test it out and see what the entrepreneurial lifestyle is about. And again, we're doing a lot of programs through there as well. Yeah, that's cool. I think we've heard of Tech Ranch Austin before. I, I want to say it was at South by Southwest. Uh, so that's pretty interesting that you're involved in that. I've heard a lot of good things about what what's going on over there for sure. Yeah, they're doing a lot of great things, and we're also partnered with um, Sharp Skirts, which is um, geared towards women entrepreneurs. But Tech Ranch is really unique, and they, they share my social entrepreneur vibe, but I am not a techie in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and I had to have a friend drag me up there before I finally went in and, and kind of got a sense of it. But it, it really is open to any entrepreneur. But, I mean, if you look at it, 90% of, especially when it comes to social problems, 90% of the solutions to market and social problems are technology-based. Mm -hmm. So you can be an artist and have a great idea, but you're going to need to come into this community and learn about, you know, all the different aspects of technology. But what's also really great about Tech Ranch is they aren't just about building organizations. They aren't just about building the actual ventures. They focus on building the entrepreneur, the individual from the ground up as well. Because there's a lot of skills that we need to get a business off the ground, especially in the beginning when it's just you, that most accelerators and incubators don't provide. They're wanting you to have already proven yourself and done so much before they'll even look at your company for investment. Wow. So, That's really interesting. But, but people can get involved with you guys, and you'll take good care of them. <laughs> yeah, we take care of everybody. We're trying to inspire as many people as possible. Um, I always joke about my subversive content. I really want people to be happy and enjoy their lives, and sometimes that means starting a, a little uh, ruckus here and there and getting people to start thinking outside the box as much as possible. So we're always happy to, to talk to people regardless of where they're coming from or what their interest is, whether they just want looking for a job, whether they're wanting to start a business, or whether they're just looking for inspiration. Wow. Well, you're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. Our special guest has been Shenandoah Diaz. She's the CEO of Brass Knuckles Media and the Director of Social Entrepreneur Directive at Tech Ranch Austin. And she's also a PR and marketing strategist. So Shenandoah, we thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, I enjoyed it. And now it's time for everybody's favorite college student, Micah Hackney. Hey Micah, what's going on? Well, you guys ready for a revolution? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, though, um, what she was talking about reminded me of the group we worked with, the No Clothing. You know, we worked with them through South by Southwest. You know, oh, having yeah. the whole uh, nonprofit, but your company, you know, for-profit for uh, idea. 
and uh, you know they're doing great. I mean, they have stuff going on, on Facebook all the time. Yeah, yeah, no clothing. They're the ones that will actually give a T-shirt, a, a free T-shirt. If you buy a T-shirt, they donate one to the homeless. That's right. I just saw that they did an event in Washington D.C. a uh, end homelessness event. Um, it was tied to, you know, the presidential thing somehow. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. You know, what I like. They about even did it. Go ahead. They even did an interview with uh, like a form, like a. Like somebody that they helped actually uh, get a home. Really? Wow. So yeah, it's pretty neat. What I like about those organizations is they are they're doing it the right way. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can give some money to someone on the street, and you don't know where that money is going. But if you give yeah, money to an organization like this, then you can feel more confident that your money is going to a good cause. Yeah, they're you're basically putting your trust in them that they're – you know, looking for the people that really need the help. So it kind of takes a burden off your mind that you're not just giving somebody money for Drugs. You know, who knows what. <laughs> yeah, but that these are people that really need the help. So hats off to them for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, kind of like my, my target um, today is I'm kind of directing uh, today's uh, campus connection towards the uh, high school students. And um, so talk a little bit about applying for college and, you know, more for your senior year high school thing uh, I guess it was the one number one key thing to keep in mind that um, they stressed in my high school is like you can never start early enough you should start like I mean I mean you can even start you know start your junior year of high school definitely by the time your senior year rolls around that first month you need to get on applying for the thousands upon thousands of scholarships out there wow there's thousands upon thousands I think I mean, I know yeah, there's a, a there's lot. so many different websites. I mean, go through your school counselor. There's just so many. I mean, you get a scholarship for being left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like scholarships for literally everything. Wow. And uh, also, um, it, you you need to really think about uh, you know where you want to go to school, and you shouldn't just visit one or two campuses. Just you know, I mean, you can usually there's school-funded trips as well, but you know, go with your parents or something. Go. Uh, you know, go tour and visit at least five or six different uh, uh, campuses that you have in mind to really get the feel of uh, all your options that are available to you. Because in the reality, that's going to be their home for the next, what, four years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that'll be it. And um, also, uh, you know, do well in school your senior year and getting good with some teachers, you know, get some great, you know, recommendation letters. Those are also important. You know, you definitely need a couple of recommendation letters for your application if uh, you're going to a pretty, you know, tough school to get into. And, uh, you know, go ahead and start working on all your, uh, you know, uh, you know, different college essays and so on and so forth that you need to write to be able to make it. So who writes these recommendation letters? Um, just usually just any of your teachers, like a professor or something, if, uh, you know, just whichever ones you're pretty good friends with. You mean like in a, uh, if you're in high school then, so should you get Yeah, your, high school. So you, you get maybe even your guidance counselor or you get your... Yeah, guidance counselor. Like you can get a couple of recommendation letters that, you know, would definitely boost your uh, resume. If you're going to business school, then go to your favorite business teacher and have him write or her write a letter? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And, um... Also, of course, you know, we've got the SAT and ACT. I, I guess, I guess a lot of states use the SAT, but um, uh, where I went to high school at, we strictly only used the ACT. But I mean, they're both the same test. But um, 
uh, definitely, yeah, I would do a lot. You know, if you if you had like low, you know, not so well scores your junior year, sophomore year, taking the ACT or the SAT, then I definitely yeah do a lot of prep courses, and um, you know, do it before you take it again for your senior year, so you can really um, concentrate on doing really well on it. And how do you recommend somebody uh, get a person to do the ACT test for them like you did? Do they? Do you, does it need to be somebody that looks like you like, that's on your driver's <laughs> license? <laughs> no, they're like really, I mean, you can't have anything. Like you can have a pencil. I mean, basically any kind of, any, oh, and like a simple calculator. Like not a graphing calculator, simple calculator. Wow. So just don't turn your iPhone sideways, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think they let you use an iPhone. <laughs> Too much stuff you can do on it. But, yeah, just, uh, you know, it's a delicate process. And, um, you know, definitely, like, I know so many people are just rushing to the wrong school. You know, like, I mean, they just wanted to get in somewhere rather than going to a school that's for them and for the major that they want to uh, they want to work on. That's awesome. What do you think about going to college versus, like, near home versus on the far away? Um, it's like, I don't know, it's like a pros and cons. Um, I don't know if you live within uh, so many miles, I think it's normally like 60 miles of the college by your home, then uh, you don't actually have to stay on the dorms. That could, uh, I mean, that could save you money potentially and everything, but I think to grow, I think it's important to, uh, to grow as a person and, uh, you know, to grow, uh, you know, as an adult and everything to, it is important to get away from home because, you know, if you're going to stay at home for four years in college and then by the time you're 25 years old and you never went from home, and then you try to, you know, try to leave, it's like, I think it's important to go. I want to go, like, really far, but I would get away from home a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever want to date someone, right? <laughs> or if you want someone to date you, <laughs> you got to move out of the house. No, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> when the truth is, though, is when you're at home, you can't help but uh, rely on your parents for all those little things, like your mom cooking or your, your clothes being washed and things like that. And those are the kind of responsibilities that help us to grow up really quick when we have to actually wash our own clothes and have to worry about where our next meal is going to be coming from. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it, though, Micah. Absolutely. As always, it's a pleasure to be on Dream Job Radio. <laughs> Another good show. Absolutely. So what do we have coming up next week? Well, we have Abby Kohut, the author of 101 Job Search Secrets, here to share. We probably won't have time for all 101. Yeah, but, but she's going to share a few. A few. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to share a few. So if you're looking for a dream job or if you have a friend that's looking for one, be sure to check out next week's podcast. But until then, this has been the 30careers.com presents Dream Job Radio. I'm Daniel Laxtons. I'm Leah Laxtons. And keep reaching for those dream jobs. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio.